do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.asade.edu. Welcome to a session in which we will discuss about leadership in times of crisis. My name is Luis Vives and I'm the Deputy Dean for Programs at ESADE. And uh, we will have uh, today with two experienced executives that will share with us their insights on how to lead in crisis times. We will be connecting with Terry Agnew, who is a non-executive uh, chair, director and advisor and up to recently he was the CEO of RAC in Western Australia. At the same time, we have Manolo Marquez. Manolo Marquez uh, is today an advisor, the chairman of our ESADE MBA master project, as well as the uh, executive in residence at the Australia department in ESADE. The idea of this uh, talk is to learn from their insights. So you have had the opportunity uh, to lead uh, uh, different companies uh, in times of crisis. Which one do you remember the most and why? I have sympathy for CEOs with the current challenge with uh, uh, COVID-19 because there's a, there's a health crisis, which hopefully we're largely through in 12 months. But then we have a, you would, you would see that we're going to have a long-term economic crisis that could well last three, five years or more. So it's actually getting through one crisis into another. So, so at the moment, my involvement is as a director of organisations and having been through crisis before, I think that's useful to have sitting around the board table, but it's a tough gig for the CEO. When I was a chief executive, the, the crises, the, there were two that were very close to each other. One was the global financial crisis with all the sort of impacts that Manolo mentioned, um, you know, with largely financial services and, and, and significantly impacted. And then only just after a year after that hitting, we were hit with our insurance business with a $1 billion hailstorm in the city I live in. And that was, I think, the seventh largest insurance catastrophe globally that year. And we were a, you know, we're a, a million customer base and a revenue of about $600 million. But we had to deal with both of those. And the reason I, I remember them and why they're in my mind is... Firstly, because they're crises, you're dealing with big impacts, certainly bigger than you're normally used to dealing with in a business. Secondly, in this instance, it was back-to-back. -back. It's a bit like the current challenge of having to deal with a substantial health crisis. But even when that's complete or largely complete, there's then a longer-term big economic crisis. Uh, and just to compound issues in the, the, the ones that I'm talking about, we had uh, only just made a material, a very big acquisition prior to that. And then further to compound it, um, we were partway through a major IT transformation. So it was almost a perfect storm, not quite. Actually, uh, regarding your experience in different crises, uh, we would like to ask you about what are your top three key learnings uh, from managing in, in, in those times? So look, I think I think the first thing is in, in a really big crisis is the existing systems and processes don't work. So you almost you don't have a rule book, and so you need to be flexible and agile in the way you respond because the processes that work well 
in business as usual will not work in a, in a substantial crisis. I, I think the second one, Louise, is, is around people, you know, that engaging with your people around, uh, around communication and, uh, and, and being visible, seeing the people as core to what you're trying to achieve and, and, and not seeing them as, as excluded from that. They're, they're critical in terms of maintaining those links to your customer base. And then they're also critical, uh, they're your core capability as you come out of the worst parts of the crisis and you're looking for, for what you do thereafter post-crisis. And probably that's the third one is, is the post-crisis piece. It's easy to be subsumed with the challenges of the current, um, but you also need to keep an eye on the future and how do you make sure you're well positioned for that. Thank you, Tari. What about you, Manolo? My first learning that I'd like to share with you is that the leader has to really shake up their organization. They need to expedite the need for change across their company. My second learning is that the most urgent things that you need to do uh, before even planning for the future is protect the present. And, and this means you have to put cash management as a key priority at the very center of your agenda. So my second learning is that during crisis, a leader needs to be as much an operational leader as a strategic one. Third learning would be that you need to be extremely agile. I, I have always regretted not to have taken some of the actions earlier rather than being forced to take these actions later on. The, the main questions that you have to ask when you see uh, a potential action is not why, but why not? And the winner after the crisis is not the brightest, but the quickest. Uh, and I'll give you a four layer learning, which is that you have to engage with all your stakeholders, obviously your people, but your board, your clients, your suppliers, and obviously your shareholders. So uh, there's a lot of uh, discussions going on right now on scenario planning. How do you take scenario planning? Uh, what's the use of scenario planning in a situation like the one that we are facing right now, uh, or the one in which uh, you were uh, managing uh, companies in previous crisis? You have to gather your team. Uh, you have to rely uh, on outside experts. Uh, but you have to bring courage and resolution. In other words, you examine the risk collectively, but you have to take your own decisions. And I think that under a scenario planning, you can, you can think of three buckets of, of actions mainly. Uh, the, the first bucket I will label stop the bleeding. And, and those are the actions that help you protect your cash and your bottom line. Uh, my recommendation, however, is when you do this, prepare for the worst and hope the best. The second bucket of actions, I would label the get back in shape actions. Those are the ones that allow you to build resilience under a potentially prolonged adverse scenario. And, and my feeling and my advice here would be work sooner rather than later. And the third bucket is the one that encompasses the actions that allow you to be prepared to win. And 
And this prepare to win actions, you uh, think strategically to try to envision what will be the new normal after the recession. In a way, crisis brings also opportunities and you, you cannot miss the chance to benefit from them. Excellent. Terry, you are facing now a crisis from a position uh, as a chairman and uh, working with, uh, with executive teams. How, how do you address this scenario planning? Uh, what are your takes on it? Uh, what are your learnings? Yeah, so interesting, Manolo, talking about, you know, one of the, one of the things is typically the, the leader of the CEO is diving more into operational matters. And I'm finding a couple of instances where, um, where I'm now the chair. I have in, in each of those two very capable CEOs. Um, but what I'm doing is spending more time and particularly around the understanding what's the worst case and how do we respond. And so, you know, I, I see the scenario planning is really important and it's important because it gives you a framework to be able to make decisions. You're not doing it as an academic exercise. You're doing it to help you make decisions. And so it is, it is ultimately around your cash position and your solvency. And yeah, the key is don't run out of cash. If you run out of cash, you do not have a business. Manolo, how do you keep people motivated uh, in such a stressful and uh, uh, difficult situation? We sometimes think that people listen to what the leader says, but they, they don't listen so much to what uh, he or she says, but rather they observe what they do. Um, and in a crisis more than at any other time, uh, you, you, you have to lead by example. You may have to switch frequently between directive leadership style and a coaching leadership style. So one of the things you have to do is work with your middle management, coach them, train them, develop them, sometimes replace them. Uh, you have to keep on communicating directly with them and, and ensure that your communications are not only frequent, but that, that they are simple and consistent. The second thing that I would recommend a leader does directly is uh, address personally the bad news. Be sensitive with the people that you let go and be generous. Uh, and the third thing that I would recommend is don't think about one-way communications. Engage in bottom-up communication. Give your people a voice. Listen to their problems. Try to understand their feelings. Try hard to create a true sense of shared ownership of your company futures among all ranks. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to challenge you with uh, a set of questions and I will uh, highly uh, appreciate if you can provide answers in 30 seconds or less. So the first one uh, coming from LinkedIn is how do you push your CEO to move uh, with agility when he or she remains a stop, when, when you see uh, him or her not moving? Uh, Terry, what do we have to do? What would be your advice? I think it's important that you, your, your views are reflected to the CEO and then how you do that may be a mix of how well you know them personally and can talk candidly to them. Uh, or it may be instead of that, or in parallel, finding someone you know is a trusted advisor to them and discussing the issue with them. So I think like any communication, finding more than one way to try to get the message through. But you okay. must try to get the message through and then it's, it's really a case of whether the CEO acts on it or not. Manolo, would you say that breaking the normal structure of a company uh, and empowering individuals 
so they can create their own task forces could help to uh, bring resilience uh, uh, to a company? Yes, but but you need to move very fast on a single direction. So you, you have to be very careful when you do that. Uh, and this is kind of like this double act that you always have to say. You have to involve your people, but you have to provide them with directions. You have to switch between a coaching style and, and be more of a player coach and, and be directive. So uh, that's part of the art of leadership. There is another question that I would invite uh, any of the two to uh, reply to that says, how can we overcome denial as a leader? Is there a, you know, a recommendation or advice uh, uh, to try to do that? Well, I think the simple, the simple answer would be <laughs> look at the facts, look at the evidence. <laughs> but, but if there's still denial, um, I, think, I think it just find, finding ways to get the leader to get input from a range of sources, as Manolo said, whether it's listening to your people or your front line, whether it's getting externals, whether it's listening to the board. But at the end of the day, it's up to the person as to whether they take that information on board and, and changes their view. I mean, I, I, would, I would add to that, uh, that uh, when people are in denial, that's where the fears and threats are overcoming the rational. So in my experience, it's impossible that you can get anyone out of the denial situation uh, with a rational. So this is, this is where you have to identify role models people who had been able to cope with a hard situation and have been successful. And, and you have to show those examples to the people. They feel that they can make it. There is no other way in my, in my view. I would like to give you the opportunity to share with the audience uh, a final piece of advice, uh, an insight. Um, look, I, I think I'd come back really just to, to highlight some of the things I've mentioned. I think your people are critical, they're your link. That you're linked to your customer base, that you're linked to your future in terms of capability. You need to find all the ways to engage. Second, second one is your key objective is to ensure that as an organisation you survive and then are sustainable. Don't run out of cash. Uh, third one is be ready for when you come out of the crisis. And the fourth one to the leader is and find ways to look after yourself. You cannot afford to have the leader fall over. So you need a resilient leader. You need to be self-aware and uh, and look after yourself. Thank you, Terry. Manolo? Not trying to give uh, a single recipe, but I, I would recommend that you execute three Cs. Care, connect, and create. Care of the people close to you, but also care of your community and care of those in most need. Uh, this is the time for solidarity, for generosity, for fraternity. My second advice will be connect. Involve broadly your teams, as we have said. Engage in bottom-up dialogue. Uh, secure a, a true shared vision and a true shared sense of ownership for your company future. And thirdly, create. Uh, use this opportunity to advance systemic change in, in your organization. And remember uh, the future is not where these current threats point to. The, the future is what you want it to be, what we collectively want to make of it. I would like to thank you both to Terry and Manolo for sharing their, their insights. There is a, a quote that I personally like a lot and that I know both Manolo and Terry also enjoy from Napoleon, that uh, once said the leader's role uh, is to define reality and then to give hope. 
And I think uh, this is something very important these days. Uh, we need to be able to face reality. We need to be able to explain uh, people what's happening and then provide hope, uh, be agile, uh, be able to create this future that Manolo was just uh, uh, telling to us. Thank you so much. If you still want to learn more, remember, you can register on our platform, dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do better.